Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, passion for excellence. Dow Automotive Systems, improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. And by Hyundai. Experience the 2011 Hyundai Sonata today at HyundaiSonata.com. This is AutoLine Daily for Wednesday, the 18th of May, 2011, and here's the latest and greatest news from the global auto beat. The Obama administration would like to see EV buyers receive the $7,500 tax credit at the dealership. Currently, consumers can only get the tax credit when they file their taxes. While on a tour of Nissan's battery plant in Tennessee, Ray LaHood, the head of the transportation department, says he expects the proposal will be part of any tax bill passed over the next year and a half. But car dealers are not thrilled about the idea. They say it could complicate the sales process and that it could be difficult for them to determine if buyers qualify for the credit. Car sales in the U.S. are finally picking back up, but a couple of new studies just released differ on how much the industry will recover. According to a report from A.T. Kearney, by 2013, car sales will rebound to pre-recession levels of 16 million units. They say consumers will replace the cars they hung on to during the economic downturn and that lenders will be more willing to make high-risk loans. But an analyst at City Investment Research says that car sales will only hit 14.5 million units by 2013. He says Americans are scrapping old vehicles faster than they're buying new ones and that more households plan on having fewer vehicles over the next two years rather than buying a new one. And speaking of car sales in the U.S., Japanese automakers will be hard hit because of production disruptions in Japan. According to Bloomberg, A.T. Kearney says Japanese automakers could lose 193,000 sales in the American market this year. But it's not only the Japanese automakers. The Detroit automakers may have about 3,000 sales up for grabs, because of supply shortages from Japan. But, the report says, GM, Ford, and Chrysler, along with Hyundai, will be the biggest beneficiaries of Japan's problems. Victor Muller's always been a dreamer, spent his life running around, now he's taken it to the limit one more time. Well, that's what the Eagles might say about Saab. According to the Detroit News, after a $91 million cash infusion from Pengda, Saab is aiming to restart production next week at its plant in Trollhot in Sweden. It's critically important the company start building vehicles again. It needs cars to sell in order to stabilize its precarious cash situation. And by precarious, I mean broken. But all of this could change since Saab still hasn't negotiated with the suppliers it owes money. It's in debt to more than the tune of $47 million to Swedish suppliers and at least as much to foreign ones. So we shall see. And in a related story, the Detroit News also reports Toyota expects its European production to return to normal next month, so things in the industry are getting better. You all know how I feel about the smart car. Not exactly my favorite vehicle on the road today, but the electric drive model is a little more tolerable than the standard version. One interesting feature on the Smart ED are the gauges that monitor the vehicle range and electrical consumption. They're totally different from what other manufacturers are doing today. 
in the Chevrolet Volt and the Nissan Leaf, they've got these beautiful displays in the car to show you what your electrical consumption is and what your driving range is going to be. The Leaf has got this beautiful display, including a map that shows the entire radius of how far you can go on a charge. And the Volt has this display that allows you to track all different kinds of electrical consumption so that you can monitor how well you're driving. But in the Smart EV, all they've got is these two little gauges. One shows you the state of charge in the battery. The other one shows you how much juice you're using or how much you're regenerating with your braking. And it's just amazing to me how well these two simple gauges work compared to the high-tech ones in the Volt and the Leaf. Another interesting tidbit about the Smart ED is its acceleration. Edmunds Inside Line just track tested one. Are you ready for the numbers? 0 to 60, 22.4 seconds. You know, I knew it was molasses slow, but not that slow. In fact, it took 22 seconds for it to complete the quarter mile, and it didn't even hit 60 miles an hour. It topped out at 59.5. Jackpot! Motorists in Wilmington, California, a neighborhood of Los Angeles, just struck it rich. According to Autoblog, a Valero gas station in the town was selling fuel for just $1.10 a gallon. Predictably, people were lining up around the block to take advantage of the bargain, but it wasn't a promotional price. It was the result of a computer error. And when the owner of the station found out, he shut everything down, and the glitch cost him about $21,000. Coming up after the break, we'll take you inside the EPA's Dynamometer Lab to find out how it tests and certifies engines. Reducing exhaust emissions, aerified diesel particulate filters, high filtration, low back pressure, small package size, excellent durability. DowAerify.com. My guest on the latest episode of AutoLine Detroit is Chris Grundler, Deputy Director at the EPA. He gave me an inside tour of the agency's National Vehicle and Fuel Emissions Laboratory in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And in the following clip, he shows me how they test and certify engines that go in vehicles sold in the U.S. So, John, you've probably seen this before. This is a control room for our heavy-duty uh, engine certification and compliance site. This is uh, Chris Bond. He's running a test here on the Cummins engine, which he assures me is quite clean. <laughs> so this is uh, part of what we do here, which is to get engines before they're sold and to measure their emissions and their performance to uh, make sure that they meet our public air standards. So Let's go in there and take a look. Ah, the smell of diesel in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Big engine. This is a big engine, and uh, you know it's not a uh, trivial matter to to test these engines and to set them up. And as you can imagine, it's a big market, and and people make their engines a little bit differently. And so, it takes a couple of weeks for our engineers and technologists to just get this piece of machinery ready to test, and so it can <laughs> hook up to the dynamometer, so we can run it, and then capture the emissions and. Uh, see how it's doing. A couple other uh, points is that not only do we um, request engines to be uh, tested here as part of our certification process, but also uh, we take a, uh, an engine and we share it with the industry's emissions labs. We call it round-robin testing because it's very important to the industry to make sure that their labs aren't drifting 
from, from the EPA lab. Again, so that's for all the labs to correlate to what you're Precisely. Test and, and we do the same thing for passenger vehicles because it's uh, quite costly to send a vehicle here or an engine here that doesn't meet the standards. Very interesting. I had no idea that it took so long to just set it up, much less than yeah, test and, it. and then a couple of weeks to, uh, to run all the tests. So as you can tell in this room, it's, uh, it's a complex business. No kidding. But very important, as I mentioned before, to make sure that uh, we have a, a fair, competitive business arena. Very interesting. Who knew that it took so long to test and certify engines? And for more information on the EPA, check out the latest episode of AutoLine Detroit, show number 1520 on our website. And you guessed it, that is AutoLineDetroit.tv. Well, that's all I've got for today. Thanks for watching. We will see you tomorrow. How does 12 million impressions grab you? Get your advertising message in front of the most engaged automotive consumers in the world. Call me, Stacy Eman, at 586-255-1364.